You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Nick, how you doing? Good, Dave. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Another uh, sunny fall day. Good day to record a podcast. and uh, Absolutely. More... We got a, got a good one on tap. Yeah, get some more financial planning information out there for folks. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, seven reasons to consider a health savings account. Yeah, health and, savings uh, account. This is where I kind of kind of nerd out. I get all excited about health savings accounts and how cool they are and how many things you can do about them. So <laughs> yeah, the that's true pretty finance weird. nerd is about to come out. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I guess that's why we're here, right? That's right. We may be weird, but... Uh, <laughs> but there's a good good result to it. First of all, a qualified health insurance plan. You've got to have a qualified health insurance plan to be eligible for making HSA contributions, health savings account contributions. And generally, that means a high deductible insurance plan. Yep. Um, so high deductibles, lower premiums, meaning that to you, essentially, the the kind of the purpose of these plans is you pay first as opposed to the insurance company. And that kind of helps keep costs down because if you're paying out of your pocket, you're going to make sure that it's something that's important in terms of your health coverage. So kind of more of a pay-as-you-go system than the more robust HMOs or PPOs where you're getting coverage up front. You know, the bottom line on that, there's a bunch of rules about what health insurance plans qualify and which ones don't. Most of them nowadays will say health uh, savings account plan right in the title somewhere. And the folks that provide those plans will, will tell you that those are, those are qualified to work with an HSA account. Yeah. Usually they, you know, go hand in hand and they want you to be aware of that benefit because it's a big part of the plan itself. The first reason to consider contributing to an HSA is that your contributions are tax deductible, which is, uh, which is always good. Yeah, anytime you can reduce taxes, especially in the healthcare range, it's a big benefit because if you think of it, when you have health expenses, they are actually deductible from your taxes, but only in certain instances. And unfortunately, those instances are getting harder and harder to come up with. So you have to have medical expenses in excess of 10% of your adjusted gross income, and you have to itemize on your taxes. And with more and more people not itemizing now with a change in tax rules from a couple of years ago, most people can't use medical expenses as a tax write-off. So being able to contribute to something tax deductible in the health insurance world makes a ton of sense. And contributions to a health savings account don't phase out when you get above a certain amount of income. Uh, They're not dependent on whether you're covered by your company's retirement plan or contributing to your company's retirement plan. Some Some of the things that normally apply to traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs don't apply here. So a lot of people that that are looking for ways to save beyond retirement plans, uh, a health savings account can be a good tool. Absolutely. For 2020, individuals can can contribute $3,550. If your 
family is covered by a uh, high deductible insurance plan that qualifies, you can contribute up to $7,100. So that's pretty substantial. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also the catch-up provision after right. 50, so you can do another 1,000. So if you're a family and you're both over 50, you can technically do a total of 9,100. So you can start yeah. to get some serious money put away on a tax-deductible yes. basis. On the other side, if you need to take distributions from the account, your qualified distributions for healthcare come out of the account tax-free. So you get the deduction going in, the the distributions come out tax-free, and there's really a long list. Like I I couldn't think of anything that might apply to my family health-wise that wasn't considered a qualified expense. Pretty liberal in that respect in terms of what you can use it for healthcare-wise, which is super helpful. And and like you said, the double tax benefits of goes in pre-tax, comes out tax-free, so you're never paying taxes on this money is a huge benefit, Uh, much better than some of the other retirement savings plans of either the pre-tax when you're paying taxes when you take it out or the Mm -hmm. Roth after-tax when you're paying taxes up front and not paying it later. So you get kind of the best of both of those worlds as long as it's for qualified healthcare distributions. And what I always tell people is I don't know many people that are in their retirement ages that don't have a ton of, you know, potential medical expenses right. to use. So right. I don't, but most people don't have trouble using these things. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, it's maybe easier to talk about the things that aren't covered by as qualified healthcare distributions instead of that are, you can't use them to pay your insurance premiums before you're in retirement. There's some exceptions during retirement we'll talk about in a minute. One note I saw said, you know, if your doctor tells you you should go on a vacation, you can't claim your travel expenses, oh. you know? I know so. <laughs> so Clearly somebody I, you know, tried that, it, that along the way. Right, right. right. That, that that never would have even occurred to me. I try to be pretty creative about taxes and distributions, but uh, exactly. never would have occurred to me that I might be able to uh, cover the uh, vacation that my doctor suggested I take. So, but prescription drugs, uh, over-the-counter medicines, dental care, that's all, that's yeah. all considered yeah. medical expense for these purposes. Absolutely. So, Pretty liberal, which is nice for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the third third point we like to make is that those balances can then grow tax-free once they're in the account, as opposed to uh, flexible spending accounts, which I think a lot of people are more familiar with, where you put the money that you're going to spend during the year into a flexible spending account, and you get to deduct that from your taxes, but you have to use it all by the end of the year or by like, I think they give you like a two-month grace period. Except for now, I think you can include you can leave a small balance like five hundred dollars for the next year. Yeah, I think depending on your plan, you're right. Yeah, but you're not really allowed to accumulate balances. Whereas if you're putting seventy one hundred dollars away a year in a health savings account and you don't use it during the year, it just continues to build, and you can make the same contribution the next year as long as you're just all covered by a plan. Right. And that's, you know, a huge benefit when you think of it, just like, you know, saving for retirement or something or something similar to those lines. You are saving money when you are healthier for the future in retirement where you may not be as healthy. And so being able to put that away and being able to roll that over really can be a huge benefit down the line when it comes to things like retirement planning. You know, Dave and I, Dave, you and I do a lot of 
retirement planning. And mm-hmm. I would say the top concern, if not one A, one B is health expenses in retirement. Right. So having a balance in something like an HSA can really alleviate a lot of that and give you a lot of options when it comes to planning around yeah. healthcare costs in retirement. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the interesting things about a health savings account. And it's kind of hard to explain and put in words. So I kind of struggle with this a little bit, but it's, to me, it's one of the most powerful parts of the whole thing is that there's no, you can, you can pay a medical expense out of pocket instead of out of your HSA account and, and let the HSA continue to grow. But then down the road, even several years later, if you need that money out of the HSA, you can use those old past expenses to to take those distributions and have them be qualified. Yeah, so that's another huge benefit too. We talked about all the different ways that you can use HSA funds, but also it doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be, it doesn't have to happen in the moment. Could have happened right. five years ago. As long as you have that information, you can go in yeah. and, and use that expense, which is truly amazing And if you think about it. So, so maybe an example is a better way to, to explain that. Let's say you have, $7,000 in your HSA account and $5,000 in your savings account. And you have a expense this year of $1,000 to cover for medical costs. You could take that $1,000 out of your savings account and leave the money in your HSA for now. And then just keep that record of that $1,000 expense and right. three, four, 10 years down the road, so say, say three years down the road, you're going to buy a house and you need money for a down payment and you've used your savings account. So there's not as much in it. You now could turn around and say, oh, but I've got a thousand dollars worth of expenses that I covered from my regular savings instead of from my HSA. And you can take that money out tax free with no problems. Right. Yeah. So it gives you a lot, a ton of flexibility down the road yeah. if you um, can save those and if you can plan around right. you know, how you're using those funds in the HSA or, or in this scenario, not using them until a later. Right. Date. And, you know, you may never need to take those out or, you know, you could, you could save those receipts indefinitely and just always know that then in retirement, after those funds have grown all those years, you can then take the distributions. Makes a pretty powerful planning tool. You can take that vacation that your doctor's prescribing by using old right. medical records to pay for medical expenses to pay for it. <laughs> right. Another interesting thing about health savings accounts is now you can also invest those balances like you do retirement accounts. Most of the major investment companies out there, the major custodians, all offer HSA compatible investment accounts. Yeah. So this is where things get real interesting, right? So we talked about how you can save money pre-tax, put money in, you're not paying taxes on it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to use it every year. So you can roll over those balances. Mm-hmm. You, When you do take it out, it's pretty liberal and you have you know quite a few options for taking it out, but also it comes out tax-free. And now we're thrown in, you can compound your interest by investing those funds and growing them and creating right. this, you know, large, robust, um, you know, health savings account for retirement. And so those, you know, when you start combining those things, that makes for a really, really, you know, robust tool in retirement, if you will. Right. That's kind of why you can I, I nerd out about this stuff because there's a lot of cool yeah. things that you can do with them that you can't do yeah. with a no, normal retirement account. And so there's a lot of huge advantages if you plan these out properly. And to kind of 
kind of uh, take that to the next step. Once you reach age 65, say you've accumulated a large balance in your HSA, larger than you would use for healthcare. After age 65, it's basically just like any other uh, traditional IRA, right? where if the money comes out isn't being used for healthcare, it's taxed as income, but it's not penalized. There's no there's no real downside. It's just another retirement account at that point. So you're going to be able to use this, you know, after 65 on right. anything that you want. You just have to pay taxes on it. So for some reason, you have so much in there that you don't have medical expenses. You can still use it. Yeah. It just works like a normal IRA. So there's kind of a, a bailout provision, if you will, at a certain point where you can take these funds out yeah. if you're not using them for medical expenses. On the uh, on the other hand, um, how many retirees can you think of that we've worked with that don't have medical expenses? Right. Exactly. Very, very <laughs> right? few, you know, right. especially, you know, especially after 65 and, you know, people are living longer and longer. And, and I think the the benefit is probably not necessarily more for them. If something happened and you had money in, then the, your beneficiaries can take it out. They just have to pay the taxes on it. So, right. There's not a lot of downside there. And, and just, uh, you know, another point in retirement, number seven, you can actually pay your Medicare part A and part B premiums from an HSA account once you hit age 65. So you you can't use it to cover your Medicare supplement policies. But even if you're just paying a Medicare Part B premium from it, that can be a significant savings because you're usually talking, what, $145 a month right now? Yeah, for sure. You know, depending on your income, you're in that, you know, $100 to $200 a month range. So that adds up over, you know, 10, 15, 20 years for sure and being able to utilize that. Most people don't have Medicare Part A premiums because they qualified for Medicare based on their social security record. But some people enroll in Medicare at age 65 that aren't qualified. And so if you do have Part A premiums, you can you can pay for those from an HSA. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, we talk about HSAs, there's a lot of good, positive things. We, I see people with HSAs a lot of time that aren't necessarily taking advantage of some of this stuff, which mm-hmm. is kind of why we want to bring it up. You know, not everybody's going to be able to put money in an HSA and use money out of their savings to cover medical expenses. Right. But to the degree that you can continue to fund those and continue to do things like that and continue to build that and invest it, I think it makes a ton of right. sense for the future right. and for your ability to, you know, have a solid retirement plan, just another kind of arrow in the quiver, if you will, of reti- mm-hmm. of tools that you have at retirement. I would also yeah. say that you have to be a little bit careful if you're going from a standard HMO type of plan where basically everything is pretty much covered other than maybe a, a $20 copay right. or a you know $100 deductible or something along those lines. It is a little bit of a change in mindset and you do have to plan and be prepared for that because right. the right. way that these high deductible health plans work is... Every expense comes out of your pocket until you hit your deductible, which is usually around a thousand to two thousand for an individual and double yeah. that for a family. So you have to make sure you're ready for that. And, and kind of the, the right. purpose of the HSA funds were so that you could use those funds to pay the deductible. And what we're suggesting is if you can afford it, you keep those funds in there and use other funds to pay the deductible out of your savings account. So being prepared for that so you can take advantage of this strategy, I think uh, is an important, important thing to consider when you're looking at your how to maximize your HSA funds. 
It wouldn't be fair to uh, talk about all this, all these upsides without at least talking a little bit about the downside. And that's, that's the big one. If, you're, if your family consumes a lot of healthcare, this may not be right for you. And, and also, you know, just like every, everything else we talk about in financial planning, it comes down to your budget and your cash flow first. You've got to be able to have that money set aside to cover those deductibles before you get them. Don't save the money on the premium by going into a high deductible plan without also setting aside the money to cover those deductibles if you need it. Right, absolutely. And, and be kind of prepared for that. And, and also what I would say is when we're, where we see these plans coming and becoming more popular, there's a little bit of an evaluation that needs to be done on the front end of, okay, here's, because usually it's not, you, I work for XYZ company and this is their high deductible health plan with an HSA and you don't have any other options. Typically there's two or three options and this HSA plan is one of them. And like you were saying, David, it is not right for everybody depending on the type of medical needs that you have on an ongoing basis, whether you visit the doctor a lot or whether you don't visit the doctor at all. All of those factor into deciding as if, if this is a good idea for you to have an HSA plan and fund an HSA. And so what I like to do with those is kind of take and look at, okay, well, worst case scenario, if I never use insurance, this is how much it's going to cost me versus if I use a ton of insurance, this is how much and kind of compare and contrast the two or three plans that are available to you to help you make that decision that's going to be most beneficial for you, not only next year, but also in the years to come, because I think that's another factor of it. Well, I think that pretty much covers uh, financial planning strategies with a health savings account. Yeah, we did it. We nerded out on HSAs. We did. We love them, but they're not right for everybody. Um, But it could be a a really important piece to your financial plan. So if you have questions on those or if you have specific situations of employer, you know, HSA medical plans, reach out to us, email us, um, give us a call. We'd love to kind of help walk you through how to make that decision and how it translates to your personal financial situation. Well, thank you, Nick. Yeah, another great topic. We will see you again next week, Dave. I'll uh, talk to you later. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.